a lot of the people that you were once involved with are gone. They're no longer a part of your life. And a lot of times that is by your choice. That was by my choice. I had to make that choice because I recognized what, what was going to move me forward and what was going to anchor me back. And that was, that was, that's what creates the loneliness. Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode from the Smooth Silky Voices of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK, aka Coach Kyle. What's up, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A-squared. And today we have uh, yet another powerful episode for you. We always try to bring the power, bring the, the fire to your day when you're listening to our podcast. Today we're talking about personal development journey, uh, especially with the new year. I think everyone's jumping on a personal development journey. And I feel like with social media, sometimes it feels like it's just being shoved down our throat. There's no way to escape it, um, which is a good thing and can also be a bad thing. And so we're going to talk about what the, that journey has looked like for both of us and how honestly loneliness has crept in, in that process, being alone in the process. But before we do that, before we unpack that, you know what time it is. Moo. Wow, Coach Kyle, That's what's going on, right man? What's going on? How you doing today, buddy? What's 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 going on in the the world of Alberta? Oh, the little world, world of Alberta, Calgary, Alberta, the Texas of Canada. Uh, how's my mood today? My mood. Let's reflect for a quick second. My mood. Uh, I want to do this um, in the three part, like mentally, physically, emotionally. I like the the to the point that is. Um, you don't have to do the same, but I'm going to do this mentally. I am feeling fired up, feeling fired up. There's a lot of things in my space that are in a great, great way. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of things to work on and I have a huge year ahead of me. I already know. So I'm fired up mentally, uh, emotionally, uh, truth be told, I'm actually coming out of a, uh, unexpected bout of depression. Uh, came and hit me out of nowhere. Nothing went wrong, perceivably. Uh, so that's super fascinating. And it also is super weird to admit and talk about. I remember when I was in it, I was talking to my partner about it and I just didn't know what was wrong. There's this sense of nothingness had just taken over. It was neither left nor right, good nor bad. Do, don't do. Like nothing really resonated. It was just, hmm, all right. And it just came out of nowhere. So I'm, I'm coming out of that. So that's probably speaking to the vibrancy of how I feel. It's just, oh my, thank God, I'm back to normal. 
so that's a good feeling. Let's, uh, uh, let's poke a little bit there. Yeah, please. I feel like there's a, that's an interesting, you know, perspective and an interesting kind of experience that you're going through. Um, you said that it doesn't come from anything specifically, um, or you just kind of felt it. Do you think that it, how, what, what, what made you want to go as far as saying that it was a boat of depression versus like, a uh, a, a, a rough patch, you know, or just like a, um, you know, how do you differentiate between the two kind of lines there when, when you say that, just cause I want people to, you know, obviously use that word in the right context and, you know, always, always be trying to like, what is the difference between the two? I think that there's so many reasons right now where we're all in so many bad ruts that it's so quick to qualify or quantified or validated as depression or put mm -hmm. it in that bucket. Um, what are your metrics on why you feel like that was a different experience than what you might feel like a, a bad, bad streak would feel mm -hmm. like? Yeah, I, I have never outright said it to myself that it's possible. Um, but I, the reason that it came up this time as a possibility or a more of a possibility for me of a feeling is because I have battled this before. Uh, this feeling has come before. Uh, it is not uncommon in my life. And the way that I differentiate it between like a rough patch or, or a really stressful time or I'm really overwhelmed is that I actually want to do nothing in those hard times. Like when I'm super stressed or I'm overwhelmed, like I, ha I have, I feel like there's choice there that I want, that I want to make, whether it is, okay, like I want to do this, but it's stressing me out, or I don't want to do this. And so then I, I instead, I want to relax and do nothing and, and just avoid it all. I actually want to do those things. But in these scenarios, that choice doesn't exist. It is a nothingness. It is a void. It is empty. There is nothing there. There isn't a want to sit on the couch and do nothing, but there's also not a want to get up and do anything. Like nothing, nothing sticks. You throw things, I'm throwing all of these ideas at the wall in my head and nothing is sticking. It's all just falling into an abyss of nothing. And that nothingness also has no emotional attachment to it. I can't feel, there's no feelings towards anything. There's no feelings of comfort in my couch. There's no feelings of endorphins um, after going to the gym. There's no, even like with my partner, I think that's the hardest part. We battled this together. And it was really hard for her because one of the things we, we strive on is our energetic connection, that feeling of, of love that a lot of people have without saying, I love you. And that was also gone, that I wasn't coming from me. That was, that was also shut down inside of me. Everything was kind of just gone. And so that's how I relate it or give it the context of depression is because there's just, there's nothing. It is empty. And it was, it was a wild experience for me to look at that. Cause I tried to see it in the way of, oh, like I'm just struggling, I'm just struggling right now. Or, oh, this is like a rough, this is just a rough one. Um, and I'm overwhelmed by this, but I couldn't even grasp onto what was even like, usually when you're overwhelmed, you're like, I got that and that and that and all this stuff. And you can, you know, um, but in this space, again, it's that there's nothingness. You can't latch onto things. Thoughts aren't even really coming in. There's not, uh, um, there's not a, an influx of like, boom, 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 left, right, new thought, new thought, new stress, new stress. That doesn't happen either. There is no, there is no landing. There is no sticking. So that's, a, that, that was a differentiation for me. Yeah. And I think that that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a good, good thing for the audience to hear, you know, being able to kind of, what does it feel like? What are, what is, what does that feel? You know, it's, it's, it's not this idea of, um, you know, what I'm hearing and what you're saying there is like, it's, 
it's the nothingness towards everything, you know, when like, it feels like everything is turned off, not only just, you know, what you're thinking about is one thing to on the weekend be like, I'm not going to think about work and you turn off the thinking about work. It's a whole nother thing to turn off how you feel about work or how you like, you just don't in those really, 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 really like critical downtimes in the the deepness of the of the depression or the beginning of the you know the entry point of depression is that's what it kind of feels like is just this idea of like i don't care period i have no i have no interest in any outcome nor good mm-hmm. nor bad i just don't have any interest in any outcome in anything that exists anything that's living and breathing don't care about the outcome um and you just like yeah like like you said they're like sitting on the couch the feeling of comfort and being like oh i'm not doing anything you don't even feel you don't even care that you're on the couch it's just everything is just on and you're just Mm -hmm. like don't care about it um and that Mm -hmm. is a little different feeling than like a rut you know um so i feel like if you if you're trying to figure out you know what you're going through and that helps you find a little bit more perspective and you know maybe maybe you know clinically that is 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 not quite depression but it is but whatever but that the feeling of that that's uh, that feels like you know there's what's there to like you know the, the next thing after that is kind of like what's what do i care about i don't care about life i don't care about me mm-hmm. and then you kind of just go down that rabbit hole so uh, yeah i always want to get more context to what those feelings feel like absolutely and being aware of it in that moment too two things happened one a, another context that i add into this idea of of being depressed is that i sleep is the only option unless if there is commitments sleep is it because you there is nothing here so why, what's the, what's the value in being awake, which is a, a very depressing thought just to even share, but that is the, that's the truth of the nature. It's just sleep. And, I, and that's how I know um, that it's different than usual, because at least other times I would want to be awake and watch a show or be awake and, you know, numb out with my phone or something, but no, these that would require some sort of emotional attachment to the things that I'm watching and the things that I'm partaking. And so sleep is huge. And then um, I think what I knew to be true about my experience, and this is why uh, I use this language of, of depression, the truth of it for me was that when I said to my partner, I think I'm, ha- I think I'm depressed right now, I actually started to feel lighter in that moment. Like it was almost instantaneous as if my body was reacting to me finally not fighting with the truth of my experience. It was as if I, it wasn't like gone by any means, but it was just a feeling of like, finally, like you finally admitted what it was. You finally took ownership for what it was instead of this inner conflict of fighting it. You just said, yeah, I think this is it, but I don't want to admit that. I've never wanted to admit it, but I've had these experiences before. So that was a huge turning point for me is if I were to just own it and it doesn't have to always necessarily be named, but sometimes naming it really, really helps or giving it a name. Um, And if it doesn't, if I don't want to call it depression, I can be like, ah, you know, I think, I think, I think Jose Cuervo has shown up. I think Jose Cuervo was like, if it was just that name, at least it was something that was outside of me. That wasn't this aggressive thing, or maybe something that is, at least I'm naming it. So that was a huge help for me in that process and helped lift the veil a bit into allowing some emotions to sneak under the door. Uh, so it was a very interesting experience, but that's why I use that language is because when I said that it changed. Um, yeah, so very, very interesting. So it just came out of that, which is great. So that's my emotional. Um, and then my physical is, um, 
Yeah, you know, truthfully, physical, feeling a little insecure. Feeling a little insecure. I went through a big uh, uh, lifestyle change, diet change, uh, just still navigating what that looks like. And uh, it's affecting my body in a good way, um, but also in like a, a, a more like vacuum wrapped sealed way. Like I just feel like I'm just mostly all like, you know, like the keto, how it's just vacuum seals everything to your muscles. It's kind of how I feel, which makes me feel small, which then challenges the narrative in the world that I'm not supposed to be small as a man. I'm supposed to be muscular. Uh, and then I go to the gym and everyone else is all this Jack, Jack motherfuckers. And you know, like that's just what I'm feeling. So I'm noticing this morning. When, uh, after I got out of the shower, I'm noticing a little bit of like, oh, don't love, don't love that right now. So that's work. That's definitely inner work to do. But those are my three mental, physical, emotionals this morning. Nice. I, I like this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the same mental, physical, emotional. But I'm gonna first, you know, you know, I know it's tough to kind of get out of any negative mental space. You know, whether it's just. A, a, whether it's as far as depression or it's as, you know, mine are three bad days in a row. Um, you know, it's just any time that you can I think the exercise of life is how many times can you pull yourself out of those moments? You know, when it goes bad, how can you pull yourself out? And when you're thinking about things, it's like that exercise there is the work of the mind. Um, and I think that, you know, proud for you to be able to say that, you know, you found yourself in that and now you're here and, you know, you're, you're still able to pull yourself every time you can kind of get to a place like that, where there's a lot of adversity, you're met with a lot of negativity and you can endure it, honor it, accept it and find ways to pull yourself out. Um, I think that that is the real, the real test of life. And I think you're, you're, you're building a resiliency. So good for you to kind of pull yourself out of that and uh, to find some strength to, to, to fight for the next day. Um, mm. So that's good. Well said, big brummy. Um, now mentally for me, uh, I don't want to say I'm kind of just like, you know, being prisoner of the moment and it's the new year and all of that kind of stuff. But like, I really needed to see 21 go by. Like I needed, I needed mm -hmm. that guy to get out of my face. Every time I saw the number 21, <laughs> 2021 was just not it for me, you know, so, you know, I do feel refreshed and I think I'm seeing, I'm getting a lot of new energy out of the fact that I just know it's a new year. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, I got, I don't have to dwell on like all the things that, you know, didn't go my way or all the adversity I had to overcome the last year and all the, um, and just like even the mindset I had last year, right. I was just waiting for things to like, I was waiting for the external world to start helping me get back to who I wanted to get to where this year I've just realized like, Hey man, you know what? This COVID situation is not getting any better. No one's no one, no one, like nothing is going to change for me. I got to change for me. I got to go do things on my own. You know, I got to find a way to, how can I get there? And what are these new protocols that are in the way that I got to just get through? in order to do what I want to do, you know? And mm. I think that there's two types of people right now in this pandemic. And the one of them is waiting for the government to tell them some good news or waiting for the external parties to be like, hey, we're going back to the office. And the other one is just being like, regardless of whether this environment changes or not, I'm going to find, I'm just going to go do what I want to do and find a way to get what I want done. And I think I'm going to, you know, start taking that approach. And um, I'm finding a lot of excitement in that and being like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I, what are the options out there? You know, sure. I can't travel to that city, but what are the other cities that are open that I could travel to, you know, if traveling mm -hmm. is the, is the thing that I want to do. Um, so mentally I'm feeling, ref I'm feeling refreshed. I feel like it, it's a turning of a page. I feel like there's a, there's, there's something good for me on this side of the line. Um, and I'm feeling optimistic about, you know, what the future has to hold. Um, and, yeah, I think it's going to be a big year. I think it's going to be a big year. Um, emotionally, I feel content. 
Mm. Uh, emotionally, I feel content um, because I think that, you know, the last year has been a lot of digging and poking at like, you know, what I feel and why I'm feeling and trying to validate things and trying to, um, you know, and I just came back from a visit with my family and stuff like that too. So, um, you know, going back to those environments and just, just being content with like what everything is, you know, this is the end of the day, one of the coolest things about doing all this work and doing all this self-assessment and all this self-awareness that we're going to get into is just finding out what the baseline is, you know, and, and then finding acceptance in that, like, okay, this is where we're at let's just move up from here, you know, mm-hmm. instead of sign, instead of trying to always trying to figure out, like you're changing your baseline all the time by trying to either be more, more sad or trying to be too hyper. You know what I mean? You're trying to be, it's not that bad or it, it's obviously got to be worse than this. You know, mm-hmm. I just am content with where I'm at in life. I'm just, you know, I know exactly all the numbers in my life. I'm 30. I've been this long in my career. I'm single. This is where my family dynamic is right now. This is how I'm going to try to contribute to it. This is where I see myself in five years. And I'm just like content with the whole entire piece of paper that I'm working off of. And it's just like, let's just one strategic decision at a time mm-hmm. and just kind of like elevate this piece of paper, you know, where before I was like trying to like write this piece of paper out for so many years and trying to be like, how, how bad is this in my life? Like, is this, does it matter that you're single at this time? They say you're supposed to be dating at this time and right. you should have kids at this time. And you're just trying to play with all these different numbers and rubrics and trying to find a way of figuring out how miserable I'm, I'm supposed to be or how happy I'm supposed <laughs> yes. to be based on whatever the society numbers are. Or, and I'm just like, so content with the whole piece of paper. I don't care that this is the age of the standard, this, or this is the age mm-hmm. of the standard that, or I need it to be this far in my career at this point to achieve this it's like there's there's 50 year olds that are living incredible lives there's 22 year olds that live incredible lives you fall somewhere on that spectrum except where you're at and and Mm -hmm. grow you know and that's where i'm at now is i'm not trying to figure myself out as much as just figure out what i want to do um and then physically i've completely changed uh you know everything that i've ever said to be I've gone through this long journey of being an athlete, then being this guy who lifts weights. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, a laundry laundry list of just, you know, different injuries that come with that. Um, I, th- I think I've, I've, I think I've found the groove that I want um, in terms of, you know, sports and what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to achieve. And uh, I'm, I feel really, I found a new program and I'm, I'm just basically essentially long story short for you guys all. I'm just training like an athlete now. And I don't mm. really care about the size that I look or how, you know, how much weight I can move. Cause I, at the end of the day, to me, it's sports is what makes me happy and playing sports whenever I want, how I want um, with the least amount of injury is important to me. So I've just completely picked a whole new plan and I've just been kind of training like an athlete and um, it doesn't have as much, you know, cosmetic features but it has a lot more longevity in it and that is a goal of mine you know to live a long life and to play sports for a long long time so uh, i'm just i feel content with that too just the idea of just going into the gym and you know some of my workouts are i don't even lift a single weight it's like single leg calf raises and agility ladders and all of that stuff and mm-hmm. it looked weird to me before why would i do that i don't play sports you know right. it's like so it felt weird to go in and set up a agility ladder like i did in <laughs> high school because i knew i was going to be guarding the hardest punk cart the next day right and, you know so, so it made sense to be doing those drills but now i'm doing them i'm like i don't really know why i'm doing these drills but it's like i have the foresight of like this is who i want to be this is what i'm trying to become right so that random run on a Saturday night or a Sunday, my body will be ready for that run because I do agility drills and because I do that. Um, And so it feels weird to be like training for like this small area of my life. Like I'm training every day 
to be an athlete, but I only play sports once a week. So that's like (laughs) just a position. It feels a little bit funny, but I can grow that once a week to twice a week or three times a week. And that's who I want to be. That's where I feel the most happy. So I'm just feeling a lot of alignment there with that. So, um, Mm. yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty, pretty aligned. Content is probably the biggest takeaway from how I feel right now is, um, I feel really content uh, with how I feel and what I'm doing. So beautiful. Thanks for sharing. There's so much growth in that, in that conversation that you just had with, with, with us, so much growth and, uh, personal development that just, that has sparked so much great results for you in your life and and such a great mindset and perspective towards the journey. And and a lot of it is, it's just you, it's you doing you, you focusing on you and not worrying about what the world has to say and not worrying about the judgment as much. And, you know, those moments will always creep back in, but uh, they are uh, less powerful as you more and more step into the, I'm not worried about it space. Like it doesn't bother me space. It just bothers you less, affects you less. And it allows you to move through your life for you on your own, uh, easier adds a little bit more flow to it. So I love that. That that was, and all that resonated with me because like I just said, like the physical insecurity is something that you literally just touched on, um, where it's like you have navigating that and you, you notice the cosmetic side, um, and the, age range thing is huge. I was reading something about a relationship coach that I look up to and he didn't start his journey until he was 35 and that and now he's 43 and I didn't even know he was that old. And so age really shouldn't make a difference, but sometimes those moments they click and you're like, Oh, so technically speaking, I've started, therefore I'm ahead of the game in a, in a weird way, but I never would have known that if they didn't share that journey. So it's, it's cool to just, again, put new context and perspective onto age and the life's societal timeline and when you're supposed to have things. Um, it's so incredibly irrelevant. So before we get into today's conversation, there is one thing that we kind of want to touch on, uh, and it is the sponsor that we've had for the last while here called Tether. And now Tether was a mental app wellness or wellness app for men specifically. It was a men's community um, that we were a part of for the better part of 2021, uh, which was an incredible journey with them. And so we kind of want to just quickly give you insight as to some of the changes that have been happening with that space. Yeah, I think that, you know, for us, we want to first and foremost, you know, thank Tether for, you know, giving us a chance, you know, and having uh, us be uh, a podcast that they shared on their on their app. And, uh, you know, if you've if you're listening now and you found us through the Tether app, you're welcome. You know, we're so happy that you're able to kind of get hop on this journey with us. Um, but yeah, like Kyle said, we do have some news in terms of kind of, you know, they're, they've now downsized from an app to a Facebook group. Um, and I think that, you know, it's crazy because, you know, you look in the world right now and it's just, it's, it's, it's tough, right? There's a lot of people who are, you know, you see restaurants closing down, you see gyms having to go back and forth between opening and closing. And, um, you know, there's just been, it's been, it's been a struggle. And I think we've gotten used to, um, you know, seeing things start and not maybe get the not be able to leverage the momentum that they've been able to create before pandemic you know um and so in the world there's just such a shift happening um and i think that tether um is is a prime example of someone who's also suffering from the the adjustments of the world you know they're also having to deal with um you know 
that they're a tech company, tech is an expensive platform, you know, they got to get certain funding on time, they got to do certain things. Um, now the the email that we got just essentially kind of was sharing the news and the shift. So we don't know any more of the details of kind of like the behind the scenes and what the actual thing is. But you know, one can just assume, you know, with the, the world and with the pandemic and with, you know, uh, these these emails are unfortunately happening more and more often in multiple different industries where things are being like sorry we have to continue we can't continue on um mm-hmm. luckily for them they're going to be you know shifting down to a facebook group so they're still going to exist um and now if they get back to app status and they get back to kind of you know the goals that they had originally that's you know for the future to decide um but if you know you still want to be a part of that community you still want to be a part of that facebook group uh, a big portion of the reason why we were on the team was so that we can, you know, have our podcast streamed on their app platform. So, um, you know, I think they're, we're no longer going to be a sponsor of our podcast. They're going through an adjustment period right now. And uh, so we, we wish them the best, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Those those boys, um, you know, Addison, Matt, they were they were great. Um, they're probably going to be guests on this this podcast in the future, too. Um, uh, but we just kind of wanted to share that that shift with you guys and just so that it didn't just go hey, there's that, there was that ad and then the ad is gone. We <laughs> want to be as transparent and honest with you guys as possible. So, um, you know, just so that you guys kind of have understanding uh, and have the background on kind of what's going on there. Um, that's the update with that. Uh, we wish them, we wish them the best. We hope that they can get back to, you know, where they're, they're at and where they, where they're going. And if that means uh, they part ways and um, not them, but the app doesn't exist or Tether doesn't exist anymore, then that's just sometimes the, how the, how the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. But Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just one last thing uh, after I say thank you as well to Tether and for everyone who came from Tether, you all are incredible. We were so honored to be a part of that space. And, it, you know, it's it's a tough journey with men's mental health, I think is, is what it really represents for me is that the world uh, is trying to be ready. Uh, and it just it's I just don't know if they are yet. And that's a tough reality. I think that the hard part about the Tether app being um, not no longer here is the uh, access that it gave a lot of men to just kind of get their feelings out. That's really what it gave a lot of men to do. And that's so helpful in our, in our mental health is just to have a space to talk about it. So again, the Facebook group is still there. I know a lot of people have queries about Facebook uh, and the way Facebook operates. So that's an, a, a challenge that Tether will have to face. But um, I think what we want to try to do as well, if we can, is just open up that space to you all who are listening, all you men, we are also striving to be that safe space. Now we don't have an app and we don't have uh, an online space. We have this podcast and we have our social media, but we're, we're that space too. We want, we want to continue that journey just know that this momentum is not going anywhere. We are definitely not going anywhere. And we want to see this through as long as possible to help create that impact that Tether was also looking for is to just help men's mental health, help them in their life, support them, guide them, give them space, give them access. So that's what we're also doing. So I just wanted to give you that context that we're here for that space. Use us. Um, just know that you always are, are with someone and some people like Anwar and myself. So. Yeah, the journey still continues. You know, I think the it's the the path and the reason why we like Tether in the first place, their mission, their why, their purpose, everything that they stood for still exists. That all all that fundamental, it's just there might be a different vehicle now where we have to we have to hop on um in order Absolutely. to kind of get to that mission, you know. So mm-hmm. um one 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 door closes, but that does not mean the mission stops.
Mm-hmm. And I think this whole process really speaks to the conversation we're going to have today about journeys and the personal development journey. And I'm sure that Tether had their experiences with the same thing, but, re- you know, coming into 2022, for all you listening, I'm sure you're on a huge personal development journey. You're ready to go. You're fired up like Anwar and I are. The, the new year energy is still live. It's still vibrant. And although there's a lot of shifts in the world, I know I still feel it. It is still so present in my space. And so uh, this creates, though, a lot of different dynamics. I mean, becoming uh, self-aware on the personal development journey is probably the most exciting because all of a sudden it's like someone turned the lights on inside your head and someone turned the lights on outside your head and everything is just so much more clear. It's exciting. It's motivating. You're inspired. And the crazy part, though, is that something we have noticed over this journey is that the initial excitement often lasts for quite some time. And there's a lot of motivation in that. And then over time, for some reason, it just seems to all of a sudden become lonely. It's like the personal development journey. It feels like it should connect you more with people. And I think in ways it does. But over our journeys and a lot of people that I've spoken to, it ends up becoming a bit of a lonely journey. It's as if all of a sudden you are physically alone in this space um, by mostly what we're going to talk about your own choices, but choices of others. Uh, and it's just such an interesting space. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and the challenge too, is this feeling of loneliness is even more heightened now with social media and being in and out of lockdown and the fear of what's happening in the world. Uh, this idea of loneliness is, is really hitting home for a lot of people. So that's the kind of context we're going to get into today with this conversation. And we're going to start a real simple. I'm going to toss a question to you real, real, uh, real basic, but self-awareness, I think starts for us a lot, uh, a different time. It starts for us at different times in our lives. For some people it's bang like 15, 16, all of a sudden I'm in it. I think millennials are, are the pinnacle of that right now, uh, where self-awareness and personal development are boom, they're just in your face. For, for some of us, other ones, is my, for me, it was late 20s. For other people, it could not be their 50s, 60s, 70s. Like, there's never really a time to, or a time that's too late to get into self-awareness and personal development. But the question is to you, when was your shift into self-awareness? And how did that arrive into your life? How did that show up? Super interesting question. Um yeah, I really like I really like this question because I think self-awareness was the beginning of my personal journey. Um was, you know, just this 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 desire and this and this interest in wanting to figure out who the best version of myself was, you mm-hmm. know, and there was only there's only so much you can learn about the external world and trying to use that as a way to kind of validate who you are and, you know, what you're going to achieve and all of those kind of things. Um, but for me, myself, you know, awareness journey was a long one. It, it was one that, you know, when I go back to my child and I think about being self-aware, I, I wasn't really self-aware for a long time because I was too busy trying to understand others, you know? So I really didn't care about understanding me as much as I was like, how do I fit this room? You know, I had a very, mm. at a young age, I was trying to fit in, you know? So I took, I took a lot of that emotional intelligence and instead of leveraging, you know, how to learn my emotions and how I want to feel and what I want out of this world, I was more, more like, what do these people want out of me? Um, and trying to fit that mold, you know? Mm. So I went through, you know, university and high school and all of these like very critical years, just being a chameleon, you know, fitting in, fitting in, fitting in, fitting in. Um, the absence of fitting in is you don't know who you are at all. 
You right. have no idea who you are, right? Because all you've done is you've developed this skill of being able to just navigate a room very well, be able to uh, show up and be like, who do I got to be for this room? And what does this person want? And how do I make this person laugh? Or how do I bring joy to this person? Um, you know, how do I fit the environment. Um, and so that was a lot of how I kind of learned life originally was, you know, um, I called it, I called it street smarts back then. I didn't know what emotional intelligence was, <laughs> but really being able to, you know, understand, have really, really good intuition when it comes to street smarts, like this person's angry. How can I diffuse a situation as quick as possible, you know, or being able to pick up on emotional signs of other people um, and, and give them almost maybe sometimes advice on like how I think they should act based on how, you know, they're mm -hmm. feeling or things like that. So I was able to, you know, develop a high level of emotional intelligence, but it wasn't until I got on a plane and uh, I flew to Europe and, uh, you know, I was, uh, this was after graduating university and, um, that was when my real self-awareness journey started because at that point in my life, I remember landing in Europe and realizing you're not a university student anymore. You're not a basketball player anymore. You're not, you don't work at a restaurant anymore. You don't have your friends anymore. You don't have your family anymore. Who the hell are you? Mm. You know, and like the, the, the need to be a chameleon is all of a sudden no longer there. It's gone. Right. It's like, and now I'm in a completely different, like, you know, continent as well. So it's like those people that, you know, you've got so good at, you know, being a chameleon for, it's like, they're not, these aren't even the same people, you know? And every day I was, I was faced with the, what do you want to do today? You know? Because even before when I lived in Canada and, you know, I was living my normal life, it's you're getting a phone call. It's so easy to consume yourself with other people's problems, right? If people are just always looking out for you, they, they call you, whatever, you could live a long life of just solving other people's problems, getting in a car, you know, oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to help alleviate this pain. I'm going to help alleviate that pain. But what I noticed in Europe is like, who needs me? <laughs> Nobody needs me nobody's calling me to be like, Hey, can you do this for me? Or can you do that for me? Like I'm in Europe. The whole purpose of being here is to just do what you want to do. And it was like, Oh my, my brain was almost like, I don't, I've never done a hundred percent what I wanted to do ever. So it was like, Oh my God, like, what do I want to do? Like, who am I? What do I like? You know? And, and that was the first kind of thoughts of, you know, at that point I was really getting into podcasting or listening to podcasts too. So I knew self-awareness was like a topic that was very hot and coming up. And, but I was like, I don't know what this means, you mm -hmm. know, but it wasn't until I had to feel it. And I was like, Oh, this is what it means. Like, I have no idea who I am. I'm not really self-aware. Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to move through this room, but I don't know what I want, how to move through this room in the most optimal version for myself. And so that was kind of my first, you know, fork in the road of trying to like, being really greeted with this. And I think the mm -hmm. pandemic is a great example of that, that trip for me, right? A lot of people haven't been forced to stay in one place and be like, you have no friends now, you have no this, you have no that, right. like, you know, the tabs are all closed. Who are you? You know, there's, there's, I think in life, sometimes you really get greeted with the self-awareness when you, when, when you feel that feeling of like, who am I? You know, sometimes for people that's getting out of a massive relationship where they were a chameleon in their relationship and then they, the breakup happens. And then it's like the next day you're like, who am I? Like, mm -hmm. all I know is who I was, you know, or what I was trying to be for that relationship or you quit your job or, you know, there's the, there's a moment, there's a couple of moments in life where I think that, you know, you're faced with that question head on because how you've been acting was so predicated on your environment and then that environment gets erased. And it's like, who are you? 
and then really life really begins you know when when you're really i feel like that was like the life really began for me then you know it was mm-hmm. the who, who are you um moment and that moment was when i got on that plane and i landed and i realized no one needs me um there's nobody i know around here and i'm not attached to any identity i have no <laughs> identity you're not a student here you're not a, a you're not a sport an athlete here you're not a right. you're nothing here so what do you want to do and then you got to deal with that for two and a half years. You got to, you got to figure that out mm-hmm. for two and a half years. Um, and what unfortunately, question. unfortunately that question led me to, you know, the, 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 the famous story that we know about me in Australia, like, you know, right. me hitting it mentally just because that question was just too daunting for me at the time, you know, right. 25 years of living for others. And all of a sudden I have to like, and I have to figure out this question in order to take the next step, you know, mm-hmm. and just not having an answer not having an answer for that long it just was you know too much too much for me to handle and i think what you speak to and you kind of brushed on it a bit is the the covid lockdown 2020 to 2022 experience for a lot of people is is no one has been it it feels as if the world forced us to ask ourselves that question like there wasn't a choice and yes, we disagree with the way it was handled and this and that. Like we have a lot of our opinions about how it all went down, but um, unanimously, I think globally speaking, uh, the question was, "Who are you?" It was an awakening to our truth, and that is the hardest thing we do: is finding out who we are and what our truth is, and who we are outside of the roles that we play in our life, and being able to find that moment, that shift is really where uh, a lot of empowerment comes from. Cause you're like, ah, I remember now this is when I did this and this is what was going on. And this was the feeling I was having. I actually wanted to ask you a quick question. There was, uh, you said a feeling that you had in that space, like a feeling of, of w- or what the feeling came up from asking yourself the question, who am I? What was that feeling? Do you remember? The feeling that I felt when I was asked that question. Yeah. Like the emotion behind it or like what, what was, what were you feeling in that moment when you were like, whoa, I got to ask myself this. I think I felt scared to be honest. Mm. I think the feeling that I felt when I originally was, you know, um, because it's, it's uncertain. It's, it's an uncertain space, um, you know, and I don't, at that point in my life, like just, you know, basically like I had very little ability to be okay with being unstructured. I was very structured up until that point. And that Mm. question had so much uncertainty and such little structure that it was like very daunting and scary, you know, because I was like, I can't A, B, C, D this thing. And right. I, that's how I usually operate is like, okay, cool. Here's the problem. What's the baseline of the problem? How many steps do I have in order to get to, and who are you? You know, I just wasn't equipped for dealing with questions like that. You know, I wasn't prepared to deal with questions like that. Um, and even like all the adversity I had come, I had, I had come through like every, all the, all the adversity I had, you know, overcome and all of that up until that point was very much like always understanding the base point. Okay, cool. You're starting to live on your own. 
this is how much rent is. So if this is how much rent is, <laughs> I got to go make this much money in order right. to afford, like everything was a mathematical equation. I always knew how to get out of it, but then you get greeted with a question that, and at this point too, you had graduated, you did, you had done everything that you like society had told you to do, go to university, did that do like, so all these boxes are ticked. I'm at this point. I'm at what I think is the finish line of what life wanted me to do. I'm like, cool. I got 25. I'm 25. I got a degree. I'm about to go on this trip. I just, all I got to do is figure out what I want to do with my career. And I'm like, there's no structure to this side of the world. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, oh, cool. You got a business degree. You look around. Everything is a goddamn business. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so how am I supposed to figure out how they don't teach you how to, there's no like, you know, when you can like put filters on a search or something and just like narrow things down, they, they don't teach you what the filters are at that point. Because the sad part is the filters at that point are your personality, your behavior, your strengths, your weaknesses, your beliefs, your motivation. Those are the, the, fil the filters that you use to figure out what you want to do, to figure out what passion is for you, what your whys are. But I'm here to tell you that like self-awareness allows you to figure out those filters and then you can put them in to the world and figure out what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But I had none of those. Right. And all of those things are curated from within you, within the feeling you have, within the way your body responds, within the, the excitement that you feel like it's all you. But like you said, no one equips you with that, that wisdom. No one equips us in this world with the, the knowing that that is what we have to listen to. That is what really ignites who we believe ourselves to be and allows us to discover that. And it makes so much sense why some people or most in the world, I guess. And, you know, I think most of us fall into this, this trap is you start school at such a young age. So the structure is there. It's just, here's the, here's all the things you need to do and we'll give them to you. And then we jump right into to university because oof, if you don't, then you're jumping headfirst into what they don't prepare you for. And so then you go to school for four years, five years. Some people are like, Oh, what am I going to do? Maybe I should just do my master's. Maybe I should just, you know, why not? So then they do another four or five years. They're like 28 at this point, 26, something like that. And then they're like, perfect. They got my master's. Now job's easy. Again, jumping into another space. All of these things are taking us away from what actually lights us up in this world and what actually fulfills us and what doesn't fulfill us. And we're just not attuned. We're not attuned to those experiences in our lives. So the journey once it finally hits you and for all of us at some point it will uh it is scary like i love that word scary and i appreciate your vulnerability in that space it's scary because it's as if the whole world is all of a sudden at your fingertips and you didn't even know it the idea was given to you that it was but now it really truly is and you decide what to do and where to go and what's left and what's right yeah i think that there was at that at that point like the world is your oyster is only a saying that is comfortable for some. And like for some people, that's an optimistic thing to say. For some people, that's a negative thing to say. And for me at that time, I did not have the tools to have the world. The world is your oyster. I was like, that stresses me the hell out. I don't know what the hell that means. That's too much. Like, I don't want the world to be my oyster. I don't have the tools to navigate that space right yeah. now. But then now when you get tools and you get self-awareness and you understand who you are, the world is your oyster is like the most empowering feeling in the world. You're like, I know who I am now mm -hmm. and the world is my oyster. This is so dope. Like, this is awesome. 
But when people are trying to make you feel like you're in a, you're, you're, and you are in an empowered situation, it's like, you can kind of like, they're basically saying, you can write your story however you want. Now, this is, this is your story to write, but there is no, like, you know, once upon a time, they don't tell you how to start no. the writing. They don't know how to, they don't teach you anything. You're like, I don't know how to write. I don't know how to right. do this. Like, how do I write this next chapter? Um, and so that's where it's like, it gets very, very uncomfortable. And that's where, you know, a big part of, you know, you might be hearing this right now and going, oh, damn, like, I feel like it's super overwhelming. I think people are using this advice to make me feel comfortable and be like, yeah, the world's your oyster. That's such a sweet place to be. Like, you can do whatever you want. And you're feeling very overwhelmed. It's because the first thing I noticed was I don't have the tools to enjoy that expression. To actually feel that expression for what it's worth, I don't got the tools. So mm -hmm. what are the tools? What do I got to learn in order to like really feel empowered by that statement? And that to me led me down the path of self-awareness. So I mean, mm. like becoming more aware of what I wanted and who I wanted to be, uh, which makes that, uh, that saying just get more and more appetizing. You're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm pumped that the world is my oyster now. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. Right. I love that. This is just such a great representation of the way this journey works and why we wanted to have this conversation it changes so much. Um, to relate, uh, my initial shift um, came out of, you know, it's so interesting. I don't like the idea that sometimes the idea that you need to hit like a brutal part in your life to have these moments show up. I don't love that idea. I don't feel like that's necessary. It's just hard to battle when it just seems like it is the common narrative with almost everyone I talk to is yeah, I hit ground zero. I hit, I hit possibly close to rock bottom, if not rock. And then everything was a trajectory in the right direction from there. And I started to really live my life from there. Um, it's, it's the interesting parallel of the way the universe seems to work sometimes. But I think with having this conversation for me, sharing our story and I'll about to share mine is that maybe we can help support a possible journey now into a new space by offering our wisdom and offering our experience from this. Uh, that maybe you don't have to get to that point. But for me, that was that point. Uh, I was on this unconscious journey of living out what I thought was the right life. I had a great job at a restaurant, uh, working management for years that they really respected and praised me. Uh, I had a relationship at the time that wasn't great, um, but it was a relationship nonetheless. So I just, you know, didn't feel lonely and alone in this world. I had great friends. It felt like I had, uh, had all the things that I thought I wanted and were normal to have. And then, uh, a huge shift happened that year. I was transferring restaurant locations in a week. And, uh, also about to move into a new place with the, my partner at the time. And in a week, everything was culminating into this week. And then uh, out of left field, the relationship ended. And all of a sudden I had no relationship. I had no place to live. I had a brand new job that I've never, never been to before. New people, new experience, like new, completely, literally night and day from the previous restaurant I was working in. Um, and what felt like only a few friends that were around. So uh, I jumped to family instantly in that moment to support, um, but I didn't end up living with them. So I had, had a chance to find a place on my own for the very first time in less than seven days. I moved downtown into a place I never told myself I would live because that's where I was working. I was also working downtown. And so everything was just like change, 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 change. But 
the hardest part about it all was that the relationship ended. Now that was the best decision for my future, but that was the hardest part. So what came from that was a huge six month journey of just what felt like absolute hell. I was scared of being at home because of the thoughts that would arise if I was alone. I would just only go there for food and sleep. Um, often my uh, best friend, Edward, would stay the night. He'd hang out. We, we, would, we would play video games. We'd go to the gym. We'd do all these things. Like That was the time of my life where I was just, just getting rid of those feelings, suppressing, numbing, get him out. And then I did that for six months, um, spent all my time away, spent extra time at work. And then I started to invest more time into my career. And I said, you know, like, this has got to change. I need to, I need to get this position, this job, this uh, next advancement into uh, AGM. It was, I need that. That's what I need. That's what I need in my life. So I started chasing that, having meetings, taking ownership of what the steps were, owning the restaurant more, taking on responsibility, like the whole nine of how that works. And what was included was meetings outside of work with my partners in the kitchen. We started meeting up, we were good friends and we were making progress as a business, which was great. That was the vision. That's the goal. Cause then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, they're making changes. And then one meeting we had, we were at a market called Sunterra and we were just enjoying our coffee. And we started, we always start with our personal lives. Like we do similar with Moochek. We're like, how's things? Let's just check in. How, how are you? Cause that way you get to know your partners better. And he brought up the book he was reading and the book he was reading was called the secret. And for those that don't know the, the secret is a manifestation book. It's also a Netflix movie, which I didn't know at the time documentary. And I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. But I hadn't stepped into personal development yet. Like I hadn't touched really a book. I wasn't watching documentaries. I was definitely numbing with movies and shows and things that weren't really supporting me uh, or supporting my journey anyway to move forward. And he brings this book and he shows me, he's like, it is a game changer. And I wasn't reading at the time. I wasn't a big reader. So I said, well, I don't want to read that. He's like, well, I, you know, luckily there's a documentary on Netflix. I'm like, oh, interesting. Okay. I'm intrigued. So within the next few days, I was like, I need to watch this. So I go home and plug in my, my stuff, sit down. And next thing I know, the movie's over. Because I don't even know where I was for an hour and a half, except dialed in to this show. I was confused, but enthralled, but motivated, but unmotivated, but guilty about my life, but empowered about, like I was so many things in one go. And I remember every time I reflect on this moment, I, I'm in disbelief at how focused I was because I didn't intend to be. I was just like, this is a cool thing. He's talked about it. This is now a documentary. It's really, really weird at the beginning, like very confusing into what in the actual F am I watching right now? But I was so into it. it I was so deep into it. And so that whole period, that whole hour and a half or however long it is, um, I was just present with this movie. I was present. And that was my shift into heightened self-awareness was literally that show, but it wasn't the show. It wasn't the movie. It was all of the little things that led into that show. That was all of a sudden like, Hey, by the way, you have power over your life. Hey, by the way, what you want, you can get. Hey, Hey, by the way, 
do you know who you are? You know, do you even know what you want? And I was like, what in the hell is going on? It was so, it was so moving and mesmerizing for me, but it came off of the back of a pretty rough time. And so I think it was my, my, my divine timing of, okay, it's time to move. And then from there, it was Tony Robbins. And now it's 2022. <laughs> this was, how old was I? I was 25, 26 at the time. It was like 20, 2016, 20, yeah, 2016, I think it was. So about six years ago. So a while ago, I think I was about 24 and it was just a wild time. Everything just shifted from there. I was single for two full years. Uh, I didn't, I just focused on me. I did my thing. And that was how it all began. I think you touch on, uh, you know, what I love about that kind of story that you said is, is, is you kind of hit the nail on the head on the, everyone kind of has just that moment, you know, where that quote that you heard lands finally, you know, you've been hearing it for years and it hits you. You're like, oh, you know, cause I do think that in life you need, you need something to kind of happen. And I think it happens mainly what I notice it happens in two spots. One, you're either down, you're down bad. And you know, you're, you're, you're trying to seek you're you're seeking, or you've hit a plateau. You're in like stalemate mm-hmm. mode. Your life has just been the same over and over and over. And you're looking for something different, you know, mm-hmm. I think those are typically the two spaces where, you know, that the secret you get dialed in and you're like, your brain opens up a whole nother channel. You're like, what the heck is this? Could I mm-hmm. leverage this to get out of either what I'm going through or to push through what I would been, have been able to get past. Um, and so I really like that your story is kind of, you know, almost essentially like uh, it really defines that, right? It defines someone who is, you know, sitting down with this, just like, okay, let me just put this on, um, you know, but it's, it's your experience was allowing you to get dialed in, right? Because if your life was great at that point, you might have just t- put that on with a lazy effort and you might've never got dialed in because you're not seeking things. You're not, you're right. not, you're not, you're not, you're not looking for something. You're not interested in looking for something. You're just kind of like, you want to probably would have watched that and been like, oh, that's cool. You know, and I think when you recommend that book sometimes to someone or you recommend that documentary with someone and they come back and they're like, they're not as like, like <laughs> excited about what you right. should just like, oh, you must have been in a better place, right? You must have just have not have been as interested because you're either not at that stalemate place or you're not in the down bad place. So you watch the documentary, you just go, yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. But then you watch it two years later when you're in one of those moments and you're like, that's the best thing I've ever watched, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. And it's about like, I didn't realize how open I was to new opportunity at the time. Like you said, there was a seeking of like what life could give me. Um, But there's a quote that I recently heard in the show uh, that struck me that I think speaks to this experience um, is uh, nobody is as deaf as somebody who is not willing to listen. And I remember it was literally just a passing moment in this show, but it just like punched you punched me in the face. I thought, oh, nobody is as deaf as somebody who is not willing to listen. And it was like, whoa, like this isn't just a metaphor for having a conversation with someone. This is, this is a metaphorical representation of life. Like if being deaf to life. And I think that's a great representation of what I, what I was in before that. I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing and living out the life that I'm supposed to be living out and following the steps. And like you said, checking the boxes. And in those moments, there are, there were moments for hundred percent that I will never, ever actually know of that were being presented to me to go left instead of right. 
to make my decision for me instead of make the decision for the rest of the world and for other people. But I, I was deaf to this experience. I was this most deaf person of just not listening, wasn't paying attention. And now I'm in a completely different shift where all I do is listen because I've realized the power of just being open to what could be given and shared and, and broadened in my, in my field of awareness. Like there's so much opportunity, but I just didn't know because I'm like, no, this, isn't there a way you're supposed to do this? You're giving me the roadmap. Why would I create my own? You know, so fascinating. And I think in today's day, we call that being woke, right? That's like the, you know, yeah. Taking the deafness off. If you've mm. been deaf for so long, you're, you're essentially an unwoke person, right? You're just not willing right. to, you're not willing to just like even listen to another opinion. You know, you don't have to accept the opinion, but you're just right. kind of like, you just live in this silo of just like, you know, ignorance is bliss. You don't, you know, you're not paying attention to life. You're not, like, you're not tuned in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is we have this, we have this new generation of people who are more self-aware, more woke, you know, understand, you know, life at a, a bit of a different level. Maybe, maybe they don't understand what it means to them, but they understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, and another thing that I, you know, I want to kind of touch on in terms of kind of, you know, quote slash definition, something that to me really woke up my self-awareness game and really is, you know, self-awareness. This definition was something that, you know, I wrote down in my notes so long ago, so I had to go back and mm. find it. But it was self-awareness is the ability to take an honest look at your life without attachment to it being right or wrong. Mm. And that drop, that was one of those ones to me that was just, you know, because when yeah. you self-awareness is the ability to take an honest look at your life without attachment to it being right or wrong. And it's that end piece to me that, you know, really, I remember reading that and being like, Oh, because when you're doing the whole self-awareness thing and you're going and, and you see yourself for what you're feeling and then you go, you shouldn't feel that you know, and you shut it down, you, you, you make what you're feeling wrong, or you make it right. And, and you play this game of trying to figure out like, what parts of you are right, what parts of you are wrong. Like, that's where like the self-awareness could lead to detriment. You know, I, you always said this before, you know, self-awareness leads you to two things, either, you know, um, enlightenment or, you know, detriment. And I think that when you look at life, and you look at yourself as being right or wrong, right or wrong, everything you feel, you can't feel that, you know, and I think in the men's space to bring it back, like, I think there's so many things that we feel and we go, that can't be, as a man, you can't feel that, that's wrong. So you judge yourself for how that feeling feels versus being like, I'm a human. And, you know, what self-awareness is telling me right now is that this makes me feel uncomfortable and there isn't a right or wrong to this making me feel uncomfortable. That It's just an experience that you need to honor. And, you know, the more honest you can be about, you know, how you're actually feeling without attaching a right or wrong to it. Um, that's when you're really living in, you know, a self-aware place. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that was so that definition to me was a, a one that shifted the whole entire thing for me, you know, because it felt like self-awareness before that point was just like understanding all these things I hated about myself. And I hated that. <laughs> I hated that. You know, it's like, what's the point of being so aware valid. of this? You know, like, why do I want to be aware yeah. of this? Like, let's just numb that. I don't want to know that about me. I don't want to wanna... know my problems. I don't want to know my challenges. The hell is that? I just want to know the good things. What do you mean? Exactly. Exactly. Damn. Well said. Oof. That's what, that, 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 the fact that you wrote that like so long ago as well is just amazing. Um, it just speaks to the the journey that you've been on, um, which is just, it's so, so incredible. Uh, but what I also think speaks to the journey uh, moving through this idea of self-awareness and personal development, uh, it, 
I think we all know, especially with the new year being on the horizon uh, or being sorry in our space and the dull of new year energy being on the horizon, the motivation to continue to be more self-aware and more personally developed, it, it dulls a bit. And the desire to know more because all of a sudden you've peaked or not necessarily peaked, but you've gone in there and you've realized there's so much to know. So then that might challenge your motivation. Uh, it ends up dulling over time. And the, the pursuit of this dulls because you feel like, you know, therefore you stop and everything kind of moves in a different direction. Um, but you're so self-aware, but challenges arise when you're, when you're less motivated to get into the space more. Um, the problem though, is that if we're more self-aware, um, but less motivated, kind of leaves us in a weird pickle. Like it's like, oh, well, I don't really feel like doing more in this space, but I'm so damn self-aware that I almost feel like I can't stop or that I have to make a different decision. Uh, but we, we know the statement, when you know, you know. When you know, you can't unknow. You can't pretend like you don't know the secret and the keys to your life. You can't pretend like you don't know the things about you that you've learned that now you want to figure out how to heal. And, uh, and a lot of times maybe fix scenarios like there's just, it just feels sometimes like self-awareness breeds so much work to do. Um, that feels like it's an exhausting amount. So there's a lot of like challenges that come up. Uh, but a question for you in regards to this, has this shown up in your space yet? Um, and I say yet because I feel like it's a, almost a prerequisite self-awareness, uh, but there's a, there's a time where the motivation dulls and it doesn't, you don't want to do it. And this is the part for me where the loneliness start, started to, to show up in my life, this weird, unexpected, but very prevalent feeling of loneliness. Uh, has this arrived in your life yet? Um, and what is that, has that journey started to unfold for you? Of course. Of course, I think that it's hard to avoid this if you're doing the work the right way, you know, because to me, the way I kind of view self-awareness is like self-awareness is a it's a journey of it's 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 a one on one experience. You know, it's it, there isn't a way to keep up with the Joneses in the self-awareness space, you know, like there isn't a, there isn't a Joneses. It's like there's there isn't the Joneses. Yeah, there's only one version of yourself. So who are you gonna go and have this? Now you can have a similar experience to someone else, but no one will ever know the exact experience that you had, right? And so being able to go into some of those places and figure out, you know, you want to be able to celebrate your light, and you want to be able to understand your darkness. And that darkness that you understand about yourself, that light that you understand about yourself, is oftentimes a unique experience to you. And so, um to go back to the motivation part, I think when you're in that down bad section of your life, or you're in that section where you feel stalemate and your environment isn't, you know, isn't, isn't really bringing out the best version of yourself, you will derive motivation out of that. But the, the part that they don't talk to you about is the motivation that you derive from that, that ability to write a goal down or that ability to say, I'm going to take on this. I'm going to do that. That comes from a motivated place. But once you start that work, the work is still work. And it always will be work and it always will feel like work. And just like anything else in your life that you've started and can't finish, like all that dies out is the motivation, but the purpose should still be there. You know, the, the, the reason for why you got on that journey should still be there. Uh, and so when you see these TikToks of people being like, you know, you see these workout TikToks and the people are just like, um, if you're alone, keep going, you know, and, you know, or if you're, you know, if, if you feel like, you know, um, 
or they try to challenge you with being like, what is, what is being alone for six months look like to you? You know, when they mm-hmm. try to challenge you, what they're trying to inspire you to do is like, Hey, don't give, don't turn back around when you get to the lonely part, when you get to the lonely part, that's when it's really starting. Mm. That's when the game is really starting of being self-aware. And it's about how long can you stay in that space and what can you learn about yourself in that space to go back to your old circumstances and be able to see yourself in a different light. Um, and so it's inevitable, I think, personally, uh, to, to, to go on a self-awareness journey and to do it with other people. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I think mm. a, a, I think a self-awareness journey and a, and a journey that um, I think you need to be able to learn the, the two worlds you need to be able to learn how to separate is the world of like I and the world of we, you know, and, and, and you need to be able to do work in both. There's there's the other dangerous thing that you can do is you can go into the world of I too much where you don't accept mm. the world of we. Well said. You can't. You, I think there's two worlds that you need to always be able to understand, you know, and I think the best example I can give is that when I picture this world at the, at, at the highest level to me, it's like me and a family, you know, a family that I created, like, yeah, I have my wife, I have my kids, there's this, there's, there's the family of we here. But you still need to know who the I is in that, you know, you still need to feed the I and feed the we. I think people live in, you know, this is my family and I, I am what the family needs me to be and they lose their I. And mm. then that leads to problems or you're so self-centered and you're in the I and you don't care about the we, you don't care about the family and how that works and how you can show up for that. And, you know, that leads to problems, you know. So I think that like if you're a single for me, I'm a single guy. I'm like, how can I really work on my I right now? Because I know the we will be coming. You know, I know mm-hmm. the we will come and it'll make more, I'll be a better version of myself if I've just taken this time to just focus on me and focus on the eye and focus on learning and focus on being alone and being comfortable with being alone. And, um, and there's two kinds of alones, you know, and I think that, you know, understanding the differences in those alones are important. You know, there's, there's alone by choice and there's alone by, you know, circumstances and, and they're different, you know? Um, so that's, that's for me. I, I think mm-hmm. that, for a fact, I know the motivation dies. Like every motivation dies. Mm-hmm. And for a fact, I feel like self-awareness and that journey is not one that's shared. And like loneliness is just a part of it. And you have to, you have to find a way to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the journey they talk about with the six months of, can you be alone? What ends up happening, at least from my experience in that, that arena is your standards change for life. Your, your expect, expectations of what life is and what you want from it change. And they all begin to work in a way in which you've created for yourself. And so that loneliness that uh, Anwar is talking about for me was a, was a physical loneliness. It, it was no one is around. And I say that in the, in the context of, yes, people were around, but not the people I felt I wanted around. And that's what I mean by the standards have changed. And that the, the feelings and the emotions and the perspectives towards the people in my life and the world itself and towards myself have all changed. And when you do allow yourself to be in that space of alone um, for however long it is, um, what you end up doing is you start to gain more, what I feel like more self-respect and more self-empowerment and more um, love for yourself. And that is where the standards really start to, to shift and realign. And for me in my journey, the loneliness has been prevalent for a while. Um, thankfully uh, and gratefully, I have a partner who I get to have in my life. So the I and the loneliness is less for sure. And the, the beautiful part about it, well, maybe not beautiful, but the, the 
opportunity that we have is that we're both feeling the similar way in regards to this idea of being self-aware and in the personal development journey and on our way to just trying to be the best possible version of ourselves uh, involved with are gone. They're no longer a part of your life. And a lot of times that is by your choice. That was by my choice. I had to make that choice because I recognized what, what was going to move me forward and what was going to anchor me back. And that was, that was, that's what creates the loneliness. Like, Oh, Holy, like all of a sudden I'm the only one here. What, how is this possible? I don't know. What was our, what was everything predicated on then? You and I were having the pre-discussion to this. It's like so much of what we do is predicated on something outside of ourselves. It's not really our character. It's predicated on going out and drinking. It's predicated on partying. Uh, it's predicated on the drama that, that our relationships were built off of at one time. You remove that from your life or you try to at least, and all of a sudden, those people are no longer a part of your life because you're aware of what this is doing to you. You're aware of the, the, the pain and the challenge and the annoyance and irritation that this is bringing into your life. You don't want that anymore. You want this feeling you know you can have from the empowerment of self-awareness, from knowing it's all available from knowing that the world is your oyster. And so that was really my journey. I remember a specific moment. Um, and if they listen, they'll laugh, but um, I started to really change how I wanted to think and view the world and specifically women, to be honest with you, there was a huge part of my life where I was part of groups of men who were not the loveliest and kind of demoralizing behind the scenes to women. Um, and just talking about them in very, provocative ways that were very inappropriate. And I never really aligned with it, but it felt like that chameleon type thing where like, ah, oh, you know, it's community though. It's community. Oh, so what guys do, you know, like, it's just what the narrative felt like. And I remember being a part of this, uh, this, this group. And at one point it finally struck me. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? This isn't feeding me. This is causing me more turmoil in my inner conflict than anything else. It's actually creating inner conflict when I don't need it. So I finally got to the point where I just, I just left. I just left the group. Uh, I was out. Um, and I was still friends with these people. I just didn't want to be a part of these conversations anymore. And I felt weird about it, but it was my choice. And that is where I think is the hardest part about this journey. But also the most empowering is that everything is now your choice. Everything you do is your choice. And you finally start to see that. It's like, whether I choose left or right, it's me. No one else is running this show anymore. So I left the group. And then a few months later, um, I was added back. <laughs> Somebody noticed I was gone and added me back into the group. And uh, I laughed. I got a good chuckle out of it. No, So I went back into the group for a second. Uh, I, I literally mean a second because I'm like, I wonder if anything has changed in here. I wonder if we're, if, if something is different and then go back in and sure enough, it's not, it's the exact same as what it was. So I gave it a day. So it didn't feel weird. And then I left again. Uh, I left to go. I didn't get in contact or make any, any suggestions in that space. Um, and I left again because I, I knew what this was a representation of was that the world is not ready for my growth. The people that were in my life, they weren't ready for me to move in this direction because they're not ready to move in this direction either. And so I have to make a choice. I didn't ask to be added back into this group. I didn't ask to be a part of this again. I chose to exit, but sure enough, they want me back in that space. They want more people to keep in this realm of being the same and being run by something else, not by themselves. 
And it was just such an eye-opening experience for me where I had to leave a second time. And it was easier that time because I'm like, no, I've already found my truth. You can try. And I, I applaud you for trying. Um, but this is uh, the hilarity, uh, but the problem and the challenge of self-awareness and personal development is it eventually gets to this point where you realize like you got you to gotta make the hard decisions. You got to be alone without wanting to be alone because you, when you choose not to be alone and be a part of this, this world that you were once, you, you're sacrificing yourself. You're abandoning yourself. You're abandoning your, everything that you know to be true for the sake of this and it's not worth it. But I know a lot of people who fall back in it and I almost did because I got invited back to the damn group. Um, I know that it's hard because it's, it's there, it's available. The community you want, the people, the friends um, and the idea of having a lot of friends also in society is like almost a direct validation of your worth. I have uh, thousands of friends, therefore I'm more worthy than everybody else. When really like what we talk about here, it's like, nah, it's not really the truth. It's just what the, what's been made to believe. It's like the bigger your, your group, but you don't ever actually feel that way because you're still just reaching for more instead of being intentional with the ones that are closest to you. Like you, for example, you're one of my closest friends. I'm more intentional with our friendship than I am and have been with most of my previous friendships in my past because you're the one of the few people that I want to be part of my journey that I, I value having in this space, that I value opinions, perspectives, your, your involvement. Um, so that makes me feel less lonely. But for some reason, the grander scheme of having a, a community, a larger group, still, daunts, still, still feels daunting, still feels a bit like, hmm, still feel a little lonely. But I think it's that rat race, it's that, that, that get more rat race that, that maybe causes that loneliness. So much to unpack there, man. I think... Um... I think you add an extra layer to the loneliness and the reason why it feels lonely. I think that some people would have heard maybe in the original part of this conversation, they would have heard, oh, going on a journey of self-awareness means that you're going to be alone. Sometimes it, it does mean you're going to be alone in terms of your own experience. But another reason why it's going to feel alone is that like you might have to cut out some, you might have to cut out some people. You might have to make some decisions. Truthfully, you, I don't even think it's a might. I think it's a guarantee. I think you do. Because it's you're gonna have to the the process you know how it's been is that you you go into this self aware space you start to learn more about yourself you start to learn more about what you want what you what you know what your values are what motivates you what makes you tick then you come back out into the world that you used to be yours and you're gonna be met with resistance and you're gonna be met with not quite man I don't know I don't really I don't really get on board with what you're doing blah blah blah, blah yada 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 now you have to make a choice to go lonely there. You know, you got to make a choice that ends for some people, it's like their whole environment collapses because where they're trying to go to isn't, it doesn't fit the environment that they're in and the whole thing goes down and you got to, you know, the whole reason why self-awareness is a lonely journey is because when you're rebuilding that foundation back up, the people that helped you build your old house might not be the people that help you build your new house. There's going to be some days where you're out there by yourself with a, with a hammer and a nail, and there's nobody there to build it with you, but you got to feel empowered by what you're building until these people start to show back up mm -hmm. or until someone else walks by and goes, oh man, you're building the same kind of house I built. Let me help you with that. And now the people that you help building your new house, not only are they the people that you've chosen, but they're the people that are in line with your future. They're the people that are in line with your new, your new feeling of purpose, your new why, your new whatever. And when that 
you know, that old friend comes back and they're like, yo, I can help you build this house, man. We've been friends for a long time. You'd be like, you're not that you're not the energy I want to build this house because this house is being built with different energy. Unless you're choosing to be about this mm-hmm. and by all means, we got, we got some tons of work to do over here and you know me so well, I would love for you to be a part of this journey. Right. But if, if you don't want this, then I'm, I, I'm better off building this thing by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and it's how long can you endure being out there alone brick by brick lumber by lumber one nail at a time building this house by yourself because all you're thinking is if i if there's 30 people i could build this house way faster but it's like it's about just like being okay with the intention that you're setting and allowing the good people to find you you know there's a little period of time where you're on you've you've decided this new version of yourself and it just takes people a little bit longer to see you in that new light right and that's why I always said leaving a city and, and being able to change, it makes it a little bit easier because as you're kind of, you know, you're changing yourself, there's not the the old perspective of you still out there. You know, mm-hmm. it's so hard to be new in, a, in an environment that's old. You know, I think that the healthiest version of that is, you know, trying to become a new person in a new environment, you know, and sometimes that means moving cities. Sometimes that means going to find a different experience. And, uh, you know, I commend the people that have to do it in the same spot. You know, it's the hardest in that version, right? Because you're going by the same place you used to hang out. You're going, you're looking at the old version of yourself day in and day out. And it's like, sometimes it just feels like, let's just do that, you know? Um, But yes, that's why it's a lonely journey is because you're going to, and you might have to cut off some people. You might have to cut off some people. And um, yeah. And, and, you know, something that I recognize about the way that I sometimes tell stories is that I don't necessarily allow the story to go to a tough place and I don't share the, maybe the tougher moments of it all. I'll pass it or I'll just speak on it briefly and go. I want to make sure that, that this is, this is said, like, you know, this idea uh, or this experience of self-awareness growing into what feels like a lonely space, like, man, that shit's hard. Like that shit, you just, I think why too is because I had no idea that it was going to be that way. I had no idea. I didn't know that I was going to lose friends. I didn't know that I was going to feel lonely. I had no context, no warning, nothing. It was just, hey, by the way, no one's around that you want around. No one. And that is tough. Now I say no one in the context of, of, of just giving a grander understanding, but it does feel that way. It does feel like no one is really around. And that feeling of loneliness sucks. That absolutely sucks. Leaves you on your couch sometimes, leaves you numbing on your phone, watching movies just to get away from it, feeling like you're a part of the movies because there's nowhere else are you a part of, feeling like you, there's nowhere to do or nowhere to go, nothing to do because you don't want to go be a part of the party community, but you also do want to be a part of that community because there's people there. There's at least, at least there's community, there's something. Um, but then you don't because you, you, you're, self, you're in this new self-awareness of like, man, this doesn't serve me though. I don't really want to do that anymore. But then what do you do? You're not sure. So you got to go, you have to actively go find new communities, which sucks because it's hard. It feels harder. Like you got to go to the yoga studio or if that's where you vibe, or you got to go to this new hobby or that new hobby to figure out something that is aligned with you. But that requires huge vulnerability because you're stepping into a whole new world. And that's hard. Like this is not easy. Goddamn work. This is not easy. It is an ass kicking. A lot of the times being faced with yourself, always walking around feeling like you have a 360 degree mirror around your head. You can't look left, can't look right without seeing yourself 
more clearly, it is daunting for sure. But, and this is what I mean by sometimes I share, but I move on. I'm not just moving on. I'm just making sure we know that the other side is so fucking worth it. Knowing all the information is so much more worth it than not going into this, this world, not stepping in, not walking through this door. It is so worth it. It is because your entire life changes, your health changes, your, your feelings towards life changes, your feelings in a general day-to-day experience change, like everything changes. So I just needed to point that out. Like uh, it, it still arrives. Sometimes it still kicks my ass feeling like I had no community still kicks my ass. Like, I feel like I have nothing to do because I'm not doing what I used to. And I'm always able to find a point where it feels better. Always always, always, always. And faster as time passes. Faster. Much, much faster. But speaking on that, actually, I, I actually want to touch on the, the next part of this conversation that, that um, life is cyclical, right? Everything that we do in life is cyclical. The, the feelings that we have, the um, challenges that we are faced with everything is cyclical in life so for example like you'll focus on your job and then your job will be good and planted and then you'll you'll start to just kind of roll with it and then you'll focus on other parts of life and then all of a sudden your job is back a problem again and you're like oh, i don't understand i thought i dealt with this and that cycle goes over and over and over throughout your life not just with work with um, your your friendships your personal development and in this context of this conversation your motivation it's the same thing. We all know we were motivated and then we're not. We're motivated and then we're not. It's a, it's a cyclical nature. Something inspires us and then it doesn't. Um, so the feeling passes of loneliness, but then the feeling of loneliness circles right back again. You're like, what the? F- are you, what the? Didn't I do this? I already did this. I don't understand. Um, and I think what I've learned is that I have to start expecting this experience. Um, in, in order for me to be able to move through it. So I don't feel like I'm a piece of shit and I haven't done the work properly. Um, but does this happen? Well, I know this happens. This cyclical nature comes into your space. How do you navigate that? How do you navigate the cyclical nature of this feeling of being alone or loneliness in this context of self-awareness? I know that people are going to probably, you know, looking for something enlightened and something that's like, you know, well thought out and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's for me, I had a friend call me one time and we're talking about all these kind of things, self-awareness and the loneliness and, and his response really struck me because I'm going on about like, Hey man, it's so alone and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And, and, you know, I have tons of friends who are probably listening to this. I have, I have some friends who like, I, I did the whole thing. Like, Hey, I'm going on this path. And they've been like, I'm with it. Let's mm. build, you know? And so I, I still have that community, but um, even in that I live in Toronto, that community to support me isn't here. Right. So there's still a large part of the time that I'm alone. And so I get on these phone calls and I talk to these uh, my guys and, and, and one of my best friends, he, he told me, He's hearing me out. He's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going on and on and on and on. I, you know, I have this and I want to do this, man. And I just feel like I don't have enough time to do this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm ripping on. And he literally paused and there's a long pause and he went, it's great, man. It's perfect. Success is boring. <laughs> He's like, you're on the right path. When you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're bored and you're just like, you're looking for something else. You're trying to get out of that boredom. He's like, 
that's when you know you're close. And for me, it was like, you know, the same time, the same way I heard, like, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable as a way of like excelling, being comfortable with what's boring and accepting what's boring, like the, the daunting habits of just every day, the meticulous work that it takes over and over and over the repetitive nature of, you know, achieving something that you want. And, you know, every time you you come up from that and be like, I'm so sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Nothing is happening. The second you get into that space, that's when you're like susceptible to going, doing the U-turn, going back to where you came from and like, you know, <laughs> it, like getting out of this whole entire, all everything you've built, you're about to just leave it all, you know? But when you just like get to that moment and you go, no, this is how it's supposed to feel. I'm in the right spot. You feel alone. And that's what this podcast is about. To, what I'm trying to let people know is like, you feel alone you're probably in the right spot. You're bored. You're probably in the right spot. Like there's, there's, there, I think life has, there's moments in life, but the point from A to B is always boring. The journey is typically relatively boring. And by boring, I mean, repetitive, monotonous, habitual. Mm. Um, and then you go, you know, it's like, there's a wedding, you get married. And then after the wedding, it's like, we're going back to that. Remember that life, the one that just goes over and over and over again. And then you have a baby, whoa, a baby, and the world gets around you. And then we're back now in the, 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 the like, so once you figure out your new chapter, you're typically going from boring to boring until the next chapter unveils itself, you know? Uh, and I find a lot of peace in that and knowing that the habits that I have are the people, the person I'm going to be. And so the repetitiveness of those habits is exactly where I want to be. And um, I enjoy discomfort and I enjoy the boredom and I enjoy the feeling of, you know, um, Lone, like lonely, but achieving, you know, those are the, there's a process to my loneliness. It's not just lonely. I don't wake up and there's nothing mm. to do. There's it's lonely, but it's the, it's because I, to sit down and do this work, I need to be alone to do the work. Mm. Um, so I find a lot of peace in that. And I, it was just his reaction because typically when you're bored, people want to give you advice on being like, well, you should do this then, man. If you're, you shouldn't be bored, you shouldn't be, life should be exciting. It should be thrilling and it should be this and it should be that. And, they, and then you feel like, oh yeah, that's what I felt. And then you eject those seed cause everything that you've ever built. But when someone you're going on and on and on about like, man, it's just so repetitive and it's this and it's that. And he was the first person who just didn't even like, let me do what he was just like, good success is boring. Mm. <laughs> like, like mm. if that's what you want, it's, it's, you're on the right path. That's how it's supposed to feel. He's like anything mm. that I, and he was a, he was an athlete at the time. So he was talking about his, his championship to, you know, when he won the, when he won his, his, when he was at the highest powers of his athletic ability, he was like that whole year was rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. I did nothing. That was that thrilling. I did nothing. He was like, but it, it gave me the biggest outcome. You know, because mm. it was just I did it meticulously every single day mm. and I found joy in it. I found joy in the boredom. I found joy in mm. the loneliness. I found joy in the dark. I found joy in the discomfort. And next thing I knew what people just described as successful, I had. Mm. Um, and so that's how I that's how I kind of mm. allow the, the cyclical nature to not get to me. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was I was sitting there for a second and I was like, bro. We got to talk like, I can't have you live in here being a born last life. We can't do that. We can't do that. We got to talk about this. And then you wrapped it around at the end. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. I think I am grasping this, this concept, this perspective of what the, the, the boredom is. And yes, it is like, for example, I take a cold shower every morning. That shit is not thrilling. 
I'm not like, woo, life. All, every damn time I got to take a cold shower. No way. It's just like I get in and I get out. It's kind of boring. I get it now. But like you just described, although it's monotonous and boring of as a task, I can still find the joy within that realm of it. Um, I can still try to uh, see it in an empowering and, and motivating way, even though I do it every damn day. And it's the same thing I did yesterday. It's the same thing I'm going to do tomorrow. Um, I can, can I utilize the monotony of it to my advantage? Um, which I think is a really interesting perspective um, and a way to work out of the idea of things being um, daunting and demoralizing, I guess, because that's how you can take it. I really like what you said earlier with self-awareness. I actually phrase it success or suffering, but then you said success leads to enlightenment or detriment. And I love that because that is exactly the, what we're talking about here in this now moment with your expression. It's like, yes, it's monotonous and yes, it's boring, but that, that awareness of knowing that it's that goes one of two ways, enlightenment or detriment. Of course you can detriment it. I hate this shit. I don't want to do this. Why would I want to get in there? I'm doing it, but I hate it. Like it's just the way that we're looking at it. So I appreciate that perspective from who you were speaking to. That was great. Um, and with me, uh, the cyclical nature, to be honest with you, a lot of times, um, again, this idea of giving enlightenment answers, uh, the idea of loneliness uh, just kind of kicks my ass sometimes um, when it arrives. I, I admittedly don't always handle it very well. It sucks. That's what I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, I can perspective my way out of everything, but sometimes it's, it's not happening. Uh, and this lack of community has been one of the tougher journeys. I feel like I can learn about myself all day and I love it. I can learn about other people and how to support them through my coaching every day. And I love it. And I look at some of the people I admire in this world um, and they have large communities. They have people in their circles. Um, and I, not to say I don't, I definitely do. Um, but I think that what I'm recognizing is that the majority of are still not pushing me. I'm still not in the right ones. And I'm like, where do I find the right ones? Whatever right even means. Where do I, how do I, how do I do that? Um, and I think a lot of times it's still the numbers. Um, Aubrey Marcus, for example, has a, a program called fit for service mastermind. Um, and it's literally a huge conglomerate of people come together for the same purpose of developing and becoming self-aware and building community. Um, and it's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, see, I would love that. I would, I would thrive in that environment. I know I would and how much I would grow and help other people grow. And that space would be huge. And, you know, when we have children in the future, we want to have a community of people where we can um, just say, Hey, like, you know, our child is your child. Like let's, we're all raising it together. Like the, the, in the way that we used to like creating all of these new minds and, and molding it in a different way. Like that's what we're looking for. And I know it's coming, but the journey before it comes and the cyclical nature of saying, yes, it's coming. And then being like, it's still not here. And yes, it's coming and it's still not here is just wild. So how do I navigate it? I do my best to shift perspective for sure. I do my best to work towards the knowing that it's coming and the faith and belief in what I'm building and what we are building. Um, and other times I throw on a movie because it sucks and I don't want to think about it. And that's the truth of it. That that's my experience. There is no uh, toxic positivity in this space. Ain't no way. I'm not going to lie, lie to the experience. That's how I navigate it sometimes. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll add something there too. I think that, you know, 
you have to be patient with evolving as a human being. This is a life thing. This isn't like a box ticking moment, you know, with, with self-development. It's not, you know, self-awareness. It's not a, it's not a box tick at no. all. It's like such a long winded thing. And it's um, just because your brain can think of something in the right way. Doesn't mean that you're going to feel aligned with it physically. You're going to feel aligned with it, whatever. And it takes some time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, another thing that I would do is I would go back to the spaces that I was in. Right. Flat out. And then what's crazy, and you know you're doing the work, if you really, really feel if you're doing the work for real, go back to the old space that you're in and see how you feel about it. There's a lot of moments in life for me where the real the real reason why I wasn't able to go back because it's the resistant thing, right? What fasting mm-hmm. teaches you is fasting teaches you, okay, cool. You stopped eating. You're used to always eating. But then when you do it, you're like, Oh, accomplished. I can do that. You know, and the, you lose the, you lose the, or if like you, women is your thing, you used to go out all the time. You always hook up with women, you know, and then you go, I want a new life for myself. I'm not going to hook up with women anymore. Well, the old part of you still exists. It's just an itch now, right now. It's this irritating itch that you just like, are like, I need to scratch it. I need to scratch it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not the game we're trying to play. We're not trying we're trying to play in the, I see the itch and I don't care game. That's the game we want. Cause that's the empowered game. Right. So sometimes it takes going back into those old environments, sitting in it and being like, Oh, I really feel super unaligned here. I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So then the next time you get pulled or that itch pulls, you want to go back. You're like, no, I already know what that offers me. You know, um, I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in going back there. You know, and you can do that with so many things. If you've been eating healthy for so long, the desire to eat that pizza is freaking staring hmm. you in the face but if it's your first time going on a diet or it's your first time shedding that old version of yourself mm-hmm. you're going to just be so excited then you're going to eat that pizza <laughs> and you're going to realize yeah i'm probably good like i you know what it's just too much of a kick in the ass yeah. to have to deal with that feeling you know and then you learn okay i actually i'm good now i don't need to eat that pizza you know um Listen, side note, if I could have pizza three times a day, I would have pizza three times a day. Just saying. I know it's not good for me. And I'm like, it is my favorite food. Just fun fact about Coach Kyle here. Pizza. uh, I'm Coach Kyle. Hello. Introducing myself. I like pizza. Ditto. Burger. (laughs) Add them all. Um, It's just just a good good kind of reflection moment of just like when you go back to an old place, with your new version of yourself and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel the same. Absolutely. That's when you're in now that now you're in a new, you know, now you're really playing with house money. But when you close the old version, like all, all the things that you used to do and you shut those doors and you become this new person and you're fighting that itch to go back, go back, see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Then you'll see the growth. And honestly, we're more motivated by the growth of ourselves than we are about sure. the perception of ourselves. So, you know, once you start to like, oh my God, I feel better about myself in the gym. It's that, feel, it's that growth. It's that like, you know, it's that little bit of that five pound difference. You're like, I'm five pounds stronger. I want to be 10 pounds stronger. Like we just live off of growth. So if you got to go back into your old environment to see the growth that you're doing, to go appreciate the loneliness that you're in, then do it, go back, go play with those waters and see how you feel. Uh, but then, you know, what I've noticed is that like, I get excited about the like, I'm so happy I graduated this conversation. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And then now when I'm alone, you're like faced with the dealing of like, I'd rather be alone than go back to that conversation though. Screw that. <laughs> and, and it makes being lonely even easier. It makes, it makes being in that space easier. You know, if, um, 
and you just start to settle into who you want to be, you know, and that, that temptation, that itch starts to go away. And, and so that's one thing I will say is sometimes I just go back and I just, I let the growth tell me where I want to be, you know? Um, so that's how, that's how I handle it sometimes mm-hmm. too. Love that. That's a, that's, that's a great way to kind of bring that question to a close is, is that sometimes you just do the thing that you're so annoyed by just, and then you find so much growth in it. Um, and I think it's a great way to, for us to walk into finalizing this episode with our takeaways. So uh, I will start quickly um, with my takeaway from this conversation, just like a piece of wisdom or growth or um, possibly a piece of advice for this journey. I think we've shared more than I saw coming in this episode. I think that there was so, there's so much value. I wish I had this episode when I started this journey. Uh, I wish I had this context and uh, this experiential learning of what it's been like to help me walk through mine. So I hope that we were able to kind of do that for you guys. Um, but for me, my, I think my biggest takeaway first and foremost was your language change. Self-awareness leads either to enlightenment or to detriment enlightenment being it'll allow you to enlighten in your life, enlighten what you're looking at, or it will be to your detriment based on how look, if you're looking at it by guilting yourself or shaming yourself or hating yourself for it, um, Self-awareness can lead you one of two ways and the choice will always be yours, which is one of my favorite things ever. And then my other big kind of takeaway or or piece of advice is that the journey of self-awareness, I wrote this down earlier, the journey of self-awareness calls for specific people, not for a lot of people. And what I mean by that is when you enter the space of self-awareness and the personal development, your journey will call in specific people, not necessarily a lot of people. And those specific people are ones that you will be willing to have skin in the game for. And this is something that shifted my perspective recently. When I was talking to my partner about this journey of loneliness, she listened to a podcast and someone was talking about how, like, how do you deal with it? Um, like, how do you, how do you navigate having friends and what that looks like? And she said, I have to ask myself, who am I willing to truly have skin in the game for? Because I don't have the capacity to have actual skin in the game for a lot of people. It's not possible. Then I'll just end up forgetting about myself and having skin in the game for hundred people. I can do that, but at the sacrifice of myself. So that is my biggest takeaway is when you're navigating this journey of who's in your life and in the self-awareness spaces, who are you willing to have skin in the game for? Who are you willing to call when they get that promotion? Who are you, who are you willing to have call you when you get your promotion? Who are you willing to be there for if they call you and say, I need you? How many people can you do that? And who are you really going to be there for? Um, navigate that. And sometimes it's a small, it's most of the time, it's probably a small ass group of like four or five people because that's your capacity. We don't need to extend beyond that. You can be acquaintances and hold space for people and whatnot, but to be fully skin in the game, um, you got to know what that means and recognize that the truth of it is that if you have only three or two or hell, even one, um, you have full skin in the game there. That is a relationship that is not going anywhere. That is pers- that is a person for you. Uh, and that makes you not lonely at all. That makes you a part of something still. So that's my biggest takeaway from the, this conversation and from researching and just unpacking my experience with self-awareness and loneliness. I think that it can be a daunting concept. And so I think there's a lot to pull out of it though. So that's my biggest takeaway. What about you from this conversation? Biggest takeaway piece of advice or uh, 
share. Those, those are some solid takeaways. I really enjoyed those. Um, that's very, very, very telling. So I hope that people can, you know, resonate with that. For me, um, you know, I'm actually going to turn it back to you to, to have you repeat what you said. What did the secret tell you about the deaf thing again? Oh, yeah. that um, The secret didn't tell me it. It was another movie that I was just watching like the other day. Uh, it was a show and it was just a bypassing of a comment. And it said, uh, oh, my goodness. It said Most deaf people are. Yeah, there is no one as deaf as someone who is not willing to listen. And, and I'm going to add that and, and I'm going to add to that and say, willing to listen to yourself as well. Mm. Amen. You know, and I think that 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 willingness to not be deaf to how you're feeling and not be deaf to what you're going through and not be deaf to your experience that is the the start of self-awareness and that is the start of you know listening to that intuition and actually you know learning about yourself in a very very telling way in a very purposeful way uh, and i think that your why's come from that your why's come from listening to that intuition and exploring yourself um and and don't don't let those things that you learn about yourself don't put them in a wrong or right camp try to just embrace them and accept them for what they are um, and sometimes embracing them and accepting them can lead you down a lonely path, you know, and you can be alone in, in, in that. Um, but you're always never alone because you have you, right? At the end of the day, you're never always, you're never alone. As long as you have you, you have someone, right? Like at the end of the day, there is someone that's looking out for you and that's yourself. And so develop the strength to look out for yourself. You know, you talked about the skin in the game thing. Get skin in the game for yourself. When you have skin in the game for yourself, then you, you then you're always in a place of power. You're always in a place of um, purpose and fulfillment. Um, and you're you're in that vessel and you're in that mind the longest out of all the relationships in your life. So get used to it. Get comfortable with it and um, and, and embrace the journey because uh, the journey, like you said, is fucking worth it um, because when you start living life on your own terms, you're back in control of the driver's seat. And uh, there's too many people in this world, I think, that are the passengers of their life. Um, and that's something that I, I would really implore you to, to do is get in the driver's seat. And if that involves kicking people, some people out of the car, kick people out of the car. I'd rather be driving. Um, and it takes a little while to, to feel like that. I'm happy to say that I feel like that now, like I'm a driver in my car and I let people that I choose in and, you know, but the growing pains of that are what we're talking about in this episode. It's not just where we're at now where we're like, it's freaking worth it. It's there's times where it does not feel worth it. And you're like, get those old people back in the car. I'd rather have, I'd rather ha listen to the shit that they're talking about than listen to the new shit. Um, but hang in there. Damn. There's there there's a squared and more automated coming through with some power. Uh, and honestly, that just could have been its own episode right then and there. You could have just said that and we could have ended the, ended the podcast. That was, that was great. That was great. I appreciate that share. Listen, this is the, the end of the podcast, folks. Thank you so much for listening. This is where we unpack all topics, masculinity. And I know this might not have felt like it was directed at masculinity, but this is two men talking about their experience, which means it does relate to, to masculinity. It is unpacking the concepts of masculinity and loneliness, actually, to be honest, is a huge one. I know you know, men. I know this is a tough journey, but we got you. We're here for you. Uh, we want to know from you, what do you want us to unpack next? 
We are here to help support you in your journey. And we want to make sure that we're talking about concepts that you also want us to talk about. So DM us or email us at modernmasculinity at gmail.com. Send us in your requests. I feel like a radio station right now. Send us in your requests and we will be sure to play them on the right on this podcast. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you next time. Peace. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.